The scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verses 12 to 22. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Do you like this? Whoopie pies. I love it. I love it. <laughs> to me, uh, all the sweets are uh, similar. But uh, it's my first time I got to know Whoopi since I come to Ecuador. Anyway, we love food, right? They're beautiful and delicious. And they have to be. <laughs> and we love to eat them. But let's think about it. Once we eat them, food, what happened to them? We turn into something, Right? I know the upi pie has a lot of calories, so we have to do a lot of things after we eat upi pie. But it's not only we go to the toilet, right, and turn something into with upi pie, but the food we eat turn into something like energy. It can be your work, right? Your career, your speech, it can be your thinking. Many things we can turn into. So what do you turn the food you eat into? In Nikos Kajantzakis' novel called Zorva the Greek, the Zorva, he said, tell me what you do with the food you eat. And I'll tell you who you are. Some turn, food, some turn their food into fat and manure. Some into work and good humor. And others, I'm told, into God. So we can be defined by what we turn into, what we eat. But what about wisdom of God? What about the word of God we receive? What do we do with the wisdom we received? Last week I shared with you, the Lord gives us wisdom to stand and cry aloud in every place we go to turn people into fearing God, knowing God, and doing God's will, eventually we are being the gift to others, gift for others. So receiving wisdom means breathing with God, rhythming with God, and dancing with God to live as the image of God 
God originally created us for. So today, I would like to share with you what should we not turn ourselves into with the food we eat, with the wisdom we receive. What should we not turn into and how wisdom protects us? First, wisdom delivering us from the way of evil from men of perverted speech. What is the way of evil? What is evil anywhere? Who is evil and where is evil? Can you see evil? In Hebrew, evil is ra, which means bad, bad, just bad. Bad for the relationship with God. Bad for the relationship with people, others. That's evil. What is evil in your relationship with God? What is evil in your relationship with the people around you? Is evil look like evil? Are they look scary and horrible, horrifying? No. Evil, most of the time, evil is very attractive, even gentle, makes sense. And things like success, good health, money, lots of money, can be power, can be even security we need. So it is extremely difficult to resist evil and say to them no. Remember when disciple Peter tried to protect Jesus from his upcoming suffering and being killed by the authority on the cross. What Jesus said, thank you Peter, no. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Things of man. When we have in mind the things of us, our concern, the concern of this world, we can be evil. We become a perpetrator of evil. We work for evil. By the way, Satan, evil, they're all the same. Devil, they're all the same thing. Just different uh, language. So we can become perpetrator of Satan by having the mind of ours have the mind of the world. We watch and we listen all the time. Right? And perverted speech means double-minded, double standards. One of the 
one of the spirituality, the discipline of spirituality is what? Simplicity. Simplicity. I am just me, one DJ, one Karen, one person, not two or three. So perverted speech means a double-minded. So we, when we face the choices between God and money, faith versus reason, holiness versus pleasure or happiness, or love versus hate. And simply, choice between others versus me. What do we choose? So what evil are you attracted to or struggling nowadays? And how do you overcome your evil? And each temptations. Apostle Paul said, We have been crucified with Christ on the cross. It is no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us. So technically, being claiming Christian means I cannot have the mind of mine because there's no more of me. No longer of me. Only Christ lives in me. So the battle in us, the outer person and inner person, never ends. That's why we are so desperately need wisdom to be simple. One standard, one mind of God. So wisdom, by wisdom, we can deliver us from by we nailing ourselves to the cross daily. We have to deny ourselves every day. Deny of the old self who crucified, who was crucified with the Lord on the cross. And we are resurrected one. We are new creation in Christ. With Jesus resurrected, we are resurrected too. So we have to, whenever my old self appears, try to make me do something, say something, then we have to say no. And we have to nail that old self on the cross. So where is the cross? Jesus even said, to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Just, fo- just follow the cross or just around your neck as a necklace? No, we have to remember the cross and nail ourselves to that. So we must have the hammer and nails all the time. What if people turn to evil and stuck with the evil? People forsake the paths of uprightness, uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness and even rejoice in doing evil 
and delight in the perverseness of evil. It's true, right? The people, the world, they're delighting in perverseness of evil, even killing people. I can't believe, but it is happening. It is happening. So simply turn to evil or stay with evil means living for self-expansion. Just for me, self-expansion, just pursuing the self-centered goal all the time. For me, for my family, for my country, for my people, more, better, bigger, and the best for us. For me, that's self-expansion. Living just for me. But we are not. The image of God is not that God created us to, to live like that. It's a totally opposite way. Living for me. So other people who are strangers, they don't live like us, they don't believe like us, just different people. They're just tools, not meaning or purpose. And others are just rivals. We should compete with, and we have to win over. But the passive uprightness, uprightness means the righteousness, righteousness of God. It means the glory to God. Glory to God means saving people, giving life to people. That is the glory to God. That righteousness, uprightness. So it's always the same. It is always the same. Simple. The first commandment. We have to remember this first commandment of Torah, which is be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the first commandment in Genesis. It's still validate. We are still living for this commandment be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So every life being like our forefathers founding these fathers who built this nation for three goals. Life for everybody. Freedom for everybody. And the pursuit of happiness for everybody. That's common sense. That is the truth. But even in our country, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, think about, you know, other countries, but I mean, the rest of the world. Even in our country, does everybody have life, freedom, and pursuit of happiness? And then the question is, DJ, how can we give life to other people? How can we walk the path of uprightness? It is those people around you, your family member, your children, your co-worker, whoever around who knows you, they should say, 
I am happy. I'm so blessed because of you, Joanne. I believe God. The people neighborhood here, people say, I, we believe God and worship God because of the people of the first church. And the person says, I feel I'm very important and I'm loved when, when I'm with you. This is how we give glory to God. This is how we're giving life to other people. This is how we make people's life fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You know, we sing, not, not today, but we typically we sing Gloria Patri. Glory to, to the Father, right? We sing Gloria Patri here and doxology. That's also giving glory to God. We sing those things not just for Sunday worship, but I sing this song, give glory to God, Gloria Patri and doxology, to continue singing the song when the rest of the week. How people confessing, DJ, I'm so happy because of you. I'm thinking... I feel I'm a better person when I'm with you. That's how we're giving them also to Gloria, sing Gloria Patri to God. Wisdom also delivers us from the forbidden women and smooth words of the adulteress by not seeking the companion from youth. It is a very typical Jewish you know, uh, world philosophy. God oftentimes describes the relationship between God and his people of Israel as marriage. Right? So, so they, they're idolatry as uh, having an affair. So who is a forbidden woman? She represent, represents the one we are having an affair with. Because these forbidden women offer irresistible attractions, all kinds, and temptation of this, this, this world. Success, whatever, you know, better economy, lower gas price, whatever we really need now. You know, seizing the fire in Ukraine, the you know, stop war in Ukraine. They offer all these things. It's irresistible. Then who is the companion of youth? Yes, it is Yahweh, God in the wilderness, the God of Exodus in the wilderness. The wife, the spouse, the abiding God when they were in hardship. I'm sure the time your first marriage, I mean, um, early in your marriage, nobody was a millionaire, right? You struggle with the money, right? Financing. Maybe start living in a small apartment, one-bedroom apartment. Right? You remember your marriage, early your marriage. 
It's a very difficult time. God was with the people of Israel in the wilderness, and they were very good relationship. They were faithful. Yes, the, those first generation all uh, die, and second generation was really good relationship with God for forty years in the wilderness. That's what he meant. But it is it is an irony that when people of Israel conquered the land of the promised land and they got their land, they got their safety and security, and they have their wealth and every all the blessings in the land of Canaan. And what happened? They start worshiping idols. The Bible said the people of Israel worship more than the natives. Can you imagine that? People of Israel built more temples than you know uh, poles for the you know idol. More than the natives. <laughs> How ironic is that? When they were in the very difficult time, they were only having this you know one one husband, one wife. Then when they have uh, all the prosperity, they turn their eyes onto other women. Other men. What about us? What about us? Do we worship the same God our forefathers who built this nation with faith? Do we worship the same God today, the frontiers who pioneered this new continent? The wild, wild west, right? All those people, you know, all those horrible stories of the you know, people of Homestead who had to pioneer the west. But all these churches, even Methodist churches, they were built, all the churches in, in America built 19th centuries. Our church too. Over 30,000 churches, or just Methodist churches. Wherever you go, you find the UMC, right? In the Oklahoma, in the, in the desert, Idaho, you know, Wyoming, everywhere you go, you see UMC or Presbyterian or Baptist church. Everywhere they go, their life was really wonderful, pioneers, frontiers. No, not at all. Even the great revival, awakening movement in this, in this nation, right before and after civil war. How horrible the time, the civil war. The people come to the Lord. All these revivals, revivals at the you know, New Jersey shores and all that. That's what happened before and after civil war. When people have a full of a hatred mind, all the hurts and you know, all the horror of a loss of their loved ones during the war, but they built a church. I don't know. I don't know. Do we worship same God today? Like before. You know, church compared to the promised land. Church is compared to the promised land. 
The Christianity can be compared to the, the journey of Exodus. We were in the wilderness. We were in the slavery, sin to death. But Jesus, our companion, our Savior, conquered the power of evil. So we are saved, and now we are living in the promised land, the kingdom of God on earth. But some Christians, some people, keep continue worship their idols after they became Christian. Are we, are you still with the companion of your youth? Of your first love, Jesus Christ, are you still with him? But you know what? We are people of, um, our nature is, uh, human nature is when our condition, our, our prosperity, our finan- financial stability changes, people change. Attitude changes. It is hard to be humble when we have a security, when we have a power, when we have authority. It means the same thing. I try to remember my first time I received the call. My first church, first calling, I am a different person today, to be honest with you. It is so hard to keep my first love with the Lord. When I decide to go to seminary, I want to be a missionary year 2000, I am not the same person today. That's why we need wisdom of God. So wisdom delivers us from the forsake, who forsake the company of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. Remember, Our salvation, your salvation is a contract. It's like your deed of your house. Because you don't like your house anymore. Oh, it's not my house anymore. You can't say that unless you sell the, you know, the house to someone else. Because it says your, your name on your deeds, right? Same thing. Salvation is, cannot be invalidated because you don't love God anymore, because your life situation is so horrible or so trial, so despair. We cannot invalidate our salvation, our relationship with God, because our country is going through these struggles. Same thing, our marriage. We, the, the, it's not the love or emotions that keep our marriage it is a vow. That's why it is so important people have to marry in church, in front of congregation, because they're making vow before God, before people. But nowadays what happened? I haven't done marriage here for, for you know, not, no marriage at all. 
Even my, you know, former church, I didn't marriage, you know, compared to 20 years ago, I didn't really have any wedding anymore in church because they're waiting somewhere else. Right? Wedding, marriage has to be with God, under God, by the vow. The vow is the, the, the key thing. It's not the ring. It's not the sand or candles. It's, it's, the, it's the vow. It's the same thing. Our relationship with is covenant relationship. Can you imagine that? How amazing this God, almighty God, who created the universe, had a covenant with us, with you and me, the mere human being, right? We're so easily being shaken and, you know, right? We, compared to God, we're nothing but God made a covenant with us. That's why God cannot invalidate his salvation for us. No matter what we do, God continues sending his prophets. God continues sending people. God continues to talk to you, try to talk to you. Even for this, all these you know, things happening in this world, God wants to talk to us. Return to me. To restore, be, be restored. Return to me. God continues saying, That's how amazing, because we are not nothing. We are something, we are very important thing, because God created us by his own hands. We are are very important. We are very important. And when all other people too, we are very important, because we are made by God. But people do not know God, and they forsake easily God for things that may buy people. Temporary and crude. Today, we are walking the valley of shadow of death. This chaotic world is a full of violence. Maybe you heard the news, you know, last Wednesday. I was walking, you know, and then just people start, you know, the breaking news, you, you know, turn on TV, and I saw the TV. The guy shot a driver because simply he doesn't drive fast enough. That's what the world we're living in today, full of violence and poverty in the world, hunger and hostility on top of this pandemic irreversible climate change, and the pollutions and destroying the creation of God. Because people forsake their companion, God, the true companion, for evil and adulterous world. The proverb says, None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the path of life. Remember? See, look. Life without wisdom of God, it's driving a car without brake. And the car is in a collision course. 
Can you imagine that you're driving a car, high speed, and there's no brake? Maybe there's no steering wheel. That's how we live without wisdom of God. But when we have a wisdom, we are walking in the way of good and keep the path of righteous and inhabit the land. We are truly living with integrity will remain in us. So dear companions of God, you are spouse of God. We are spouse of Jesus Christ. So tell the world what we church do with the food we eat. Tell the world, tell them what do we what we do with the wisdom the Lord gives us. Then the world will tell us who we are. Let us not turn them into just fat and manure. Or just hard working. Just paying for your mortgage, paying your bills, or just humor. But let's turn them into God. The glory of God. So let's give the life to the people. Amen.